0: On today's episode of the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, why are the D-Backs still.
1: You are Locked On Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I'm your host of this wonderful podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at careerthomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Diamond Baxable Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Now, for today's podcast, we'll be talking with sully baseball about the insane deferred contract with shohei otani like is that good for the sport is that good for small market teams is it something that baseball has to reevaluate we'll get into all the nitty-gritty with otani and the deferred money and the contract and everything in segment two and three with sully baseball but for segment number one i actually want to talk about just the idea of otani on the dodgers and if the d-back should be scared Of this new-look Dodgers team with Otani, should this D-backs team be scared of this Dodgers team running through the NL West and potentially running through Major League Baseball next season? Because let's not forget, the Dodgers are already coming off a 100-win season. And yes, Otani is an absolute stud, but he won't be pitching for the Dodgers next season. He will be pretty much the DH. And if you added DH Otani to the D-backs versus Dodgers series last year, doesn't make that much of a difference. Ah, only if Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman gets a hit. But if they're still one for 25, it doesn't matter if Otani's in your lineup if the rest of your stars don't show up. So that's just a little preamble to the opening of this segment because I think even though the Dodgers signed Shohei Otani, who don't get me wrong, I think he's the greatest player that has ever worn a baseball uniform. Um, So even though though the Dodgers are adding the greatest baseball player ever in my eyes, I still think for next season and potentially for the next few years, this D-back squad should not be fearful of this Dodgers squad. And even as of today, as we're recording the podcast right now, 7-18 on a Monday night, I believe the D-backs are a better team than the LA Dodgers heading into next season and I still would take the D-backs over Dodgers in a potential playoff series if they were to play one today because look don't get me wrong Otani is an absolute freak of nature and he's going to help out that Dodgers lineup a lot he will of course help out that offense a ton but the Dodgers' offense didn't need a ton of help. That Dodgers' offense was already elite in stack last year. They were one of the best offenses in the league last year, 100 win team last year. Like Otani's bat, yes, it helps out any lineup, but how much does? If you are already great, how much more great can you be? Yes, Otani will add it to another level, but. You already had Mookie and Freddie Freeman and Will Smith and elite J.D. Martinez last year and a good Jason Hayward season. Like, your offense was already elite, and it's going to be even better next year. The projected lineup right now for the Dodgers, Mookie Betts 1, Otani 2, Freeman 3, Will Smith 4, Max Muncy 5. Like, that's an elite, elite top five in baseball. Maybe the best one through four combination in Major League Baseball. James Altman, very good rookie season. Chris Taylor, coming off a down year, but does have the upside to be very good. Hayward, we'll see if you could have another, you know, strong season. But your top five, top six, I think I would feel very good about if I'm the Dodgers. And specifically, that top four, one of the best core fours in all of baseball. Maybe that could be a podcast for another day. Power ranking the best core fours in Major League Baseball. But. You don't win a game just with offense. There's many phases to a baseball game, right? You got your offense, your lineup, you got your defense too. What kind of quality fielders do you put out there? But you also have to have quality pitchers. And that's where this Dodgers team is at fault right now because as it currently stands, the D-backs have the best rotation in the NOS, and it's not even close. Gallon, Kelly, Erod, Fott, Name a better one through four in the NL West right now. Padres, they got Blake Snell. They got Michael Walker. They got Seth Lugo. Three of their five starters currently free agents. We know the Rockies don't. And then after Logan Webb, you're not taking anyone in that Giants rotation over Erod, Merrill Kelly, or maybe even a Brandon Fott. So it's really, if you want to talk about them, maybe the Dodgers would be the biggest threat to the D-backs in terms of rotation. But even when you say that out loud and then you look at the names on paper, even that's not true because the rotation for the Dodgers is going to be the area that holds them back the most if they don't fix their pitching concerns. And of course, we'll talk about later about how the Otani Otani contract can really help the Dodgers of this offseason in terms of building that rotation up and adding star potential pitchers to that rotation. But as it currently stands, this Dodgers rotation – Borderline needs a full redo makeover, like one of them TLC shows because as it currently stands, Walker Bueller is their projected number one starter. Bueller, I think, is an absolute stud, but he is coming off Tommy John surgery. Um, and there's potential for him to have an innings limit next season. So, like your best pitcher, maybe second half of the season, he starts looking right, but maybe the Dodgers are careful with him the whole entire season and only put him on like 160 inning limit i don't think that's actually i don't actually think they will do that i actually think they will probably start first half on inning limit and then second half as they gear up for the postseason just let bueller pitch as much as they as he wants as long as he's healthy but any guy coming off tommy john surgery a question mark especially when he's not like all the way ramped up. He's not going to be 100% for the start of the season. He's someone to monitor. They can't just say 100% slam dunk. Walker Bueller, A-plus Walker Bueller's is back in the rotation. Bobby Miller, I liked him a lot last year, but he was still a rookie. Year number two, a little bit more tape on Bobby, on Bobby Miller in his sophomore season. Like team's a little bit more familiar with his stuff. We'll see how that translates across the rest of the league. Ryan Pepiot uh, doesn't really scare me too much. He's not someone that I'm going to be super fearful of. He's all right. He's okay. If I see him in a playoff series, am I going to be scared of a Ryan Pepiot? Definitely not. Uh, Emmett Sheen, he's another youngster for this Dodgers team. I don't know, you know about the upside of him. If he's another Dodgers gem, maybe, maybe he isn't, but big question mark. Just like a Ryan Pepiot, uh, I'm on roto champ right now. They also have Ryan Ryan Yarborough as a projected starter too. He hasn't been good in a very long time. Um, I just don't know if he's actually going to be a rotation starter, but currently he's listed as the number four guy, which is kind of crazy to think about. And then you look at the rest of the rotation. Tony Gonsolin, he's missing the entire 2024 season with Tommy John. Dustin May projected Coming off elbow surgery as well. Maybe not to come back until the second half of the season. So right now their rotation is Bueller off injury. Second year, Bobby Miller. Ryan Pepio potentially. Ryan Yabau potentially. Emmett Sheehan potentially. Like that's their top five in the rotation. Maybe get Dustin May back in the second half. But up and down that rotation, there's no one in that Dodgers rotation you trust right now. Clay Kershaw is a free agent. Julio Urias is a free agent with... Uh, you know, off the field issues. is going to be out, Dustin May's going to be out half the year. Can you trust second year players? Like, there's so many question marks and uncertainty when it comes to that Dodgers rotation. Yes, the lineup is going to be stacked, but as it currently stands, they just don't have the pitching, they don't have the horses. And when you saw the Dodgers in this past postseason, it was their rotation that did struggle a lot. Clayton Kershaw. Lost that game one for the L.A. Dodgers. That rotation was kind of vulnerable in the rotation uh, and kind of vulnerable in the postseason. And the D-backs lineup was able to attack it and get after it. And so as it currently stands, Otani, major addition to this Dodgers team. He's an absolute stud, the greatest baseball player I think of all time. But currently, he's just a DH. He's not going to be pitching for the Dodgers next season. And with their lack of arms in the rotation, I'm currently not scared of the LA Dodgers with Shohei Ohtani.
1: Hey, that's Miller Thomas from Locked On Diamondbacks. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good today, Saleh. How about you?
1: Well, you know what? If I had Shohei Ohtani's money, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be heading right over to FanDuel because I feel like my money would be safe. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Now, Millard, I know you're a betting man. I don't think you understand what I said. I said that's $150 bucks if your team Whoa. wins. And I know you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, so there's no better time to get in on the action. If you're worried about the app, forget about it. The app is so easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in December. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. The, Nas- the, the National Football <laughs> League. We couldn't have planned that better. <laughs> As teased... Oh, let's get that lower third out of there. No no need to have him. Get him out of there. As teased earlier, Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks, our old buddy, is back. Uh, so this is bizarre news mm-hmm. that basically the richest contract in baseball history is going to be deferred. On the one hand... It's, you could say, hey, this is how he wants to handle his finances and how they want to handle the finances. Sure. On the other hand, how does this affect the luxury tax? And also, how does this affect the competitors? You're supposed to have mm-hmm. a, a luxury tax that some of the lower revenue teams can feed off of. Well, are the Dodgers paying that luxury tax here? Is this a way to sort of just sort of sweep some money under the carpet so they can sign a Yamamoto. I, I, is this even legal? What's going on here?
0: Yeah, all that feels in play. I mean, with this signing of Otani and deferring all the money until after he's done playing, the Dodgers are only going to pay him $2 million a year now, so they're going to have their CBT luxury tax basically cut all the way down to just like 46 million and now they have all this extra money to go out there and spend on the Yamamotos which is insane because he's the guy that's projected 2 to 300 million dollars but after seeing what the Dodgers just did with that Otani contract can you be sure any player that they sign going forward or any big market team that they sign going forward? Can you guarantee that that player is going to see all the money while they're actually still playing the sport? Because why can't the Dodgers do this the rest of the offseason now, right? Why can't they go out there and sign Yamamoto? Then let me add a Jordan Montgomery and get every top free agents. Let me sign Cody Bellinger and just defer all the money till they're done playing. Because why wouldn't that be possible? Why can't the Dodgers live in a world where that's possible? Because, like we just saw, it's completely legal to do what the Dodgers did with Otani's contract. It by the 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 rules in the CBA or whatever, you could. It's an a limited amount of money that you're allowed to defer. players contract if the Dodgers want to pay him 1.5 billion they could defer the whole thing until after Otani um was done playing I just feel like like you said from the competitive balance and spirit of the league I just feel like this is not what sports are supposed to be about I think from a competitive aspect the spirit of the game whatever cliche you want to say it just feels kind of wrong to sign someone to this massive deal the largest contract in sports history and then say you know what we're not going to pay 95% of that deal while that guy's playing. We're not going to pay him until after he's done while we're still able to build the super team around him. That just feels like a little disingenuous because when he signed with the D-backs – or, excuse me, when he signed with the Dodgers and we talked – You so wish. Like, you wish. Yeah, I wish. I said the only reason it was digestible, him going to the Dodgers, was because he was going to be paid $70 million a year. But knowing that money's all deferred and he's going to be paid $2 million, now the Dodgers can still add talent around Otani – Something about it just feels wrong.
1: Now, let's rewind the clocks back 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Red Sox were going all in to win a championship, and they're on the verge of pulling off one of the biggest deals, one of the biggest trades in the history of baseball. They're on the verge of trading Nomar Garcia Para and Manny Ramirez in a three-team trade that would send Maglio Ordonez from the White Sox to the Red Sox and Alex Rodriguez from the Rangers to the Red Sox. And it was going to be this massive seismic trade to bring A-Rod to Boston, to get Manny out of there, and to, to basically turn the page on Nomar, whose injuries were catching up with him. And it was a done deal. Talk mm-hmm. about the what-ifs in baseball. I probably should have saved this for Friday, for my what-if Friday. But this this what-if had been has been written about to death. But do you know what killed the deal? It wasn't the Rangers, it wasn't the Chicago White Sox, and it wasn't the Red Sox. A Rod was going to defer a chunk of his salary, so the Red Sox could go out and also acquire a starting pitcher. And the Commissioner, Bud Selig, stepped in and said, "No, no, 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 no. This is this is too much. This is this is tomfoolery here," and canceled the trade. Mm. And believe me, it wasn't deferring $68 million a year. Yeah. No. It was to give them a little wiggle room as the Red Sox were salivating over both Keith Folk and Kurt Schilling. Now, I may have some of the timing of that wrong, but I remember it was a dispute over salary deferments that killed that deal. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say more money is being deferred on this one. Mm-hmm. And the commissioner of baseball. Look it. In the past, and by the way, my, my fans in Australia, I know. I said, look it again. So take a drink. I said, look it. But in the past, the commissioner of baseball has, I think, overstepped their bounds. Like when Bowie Kuhn stopped the moves of, uh, of Raleigh Fingers and Joe Rudy to the Red Sox and Vita Blue to the Yankees because they felt like it was bad for the spirit of baseball. He overstepped his bounds. But here... Look, I want to end all – take another drink. I want to end all rumors. I am not an economist, and I'm not a lawyer, but something about this seems fishy. How do we circumvent the luxury tax and still just get wheelbarrows of players? Something about this just doesn't feel right.
0: Now, Sully and I will continue our conversation about Otani's salary, but first – Yeah, because I'm not even against deferred money. It's just the amount of deferred money that you're doing with Otani. I think it, I would be okay if there was like a limit for like you could only defer a $100 million of someone's contract or this X amount of someone's contract. I think we would be okay with that. But the idea of signing someone to an exorbitant lucrative deal to only pay them. You know, post retirement, like that's a risk that only a team like the Dodgers could take a team like the Mets or the Yankees could take. But if you're like the Minnesota Twins, if you're the Cleveland Guardians, if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks, you can't sign a player to an exorbitant lucrative deal like that and then hope that you get the revenue that you need post their playing career hopefully that when your team is worse that you can still afford to put a competitive team on the field and still pay players to not play for your team because the dodgers in like 2030 to like 2040 they have like over 800 million dollars committed to three players in otani mookie betts and freddie freeman to not play for the la dodgers like right now the dodgers payroll in like 2035 is as high as like half the league in major league baseball i just think something with that idea of philosophy I think there's something wrong with that and I think around 2026 when the next CBA is up it's going to have to be something that baseball looks into
1: I've never and and I got to make this clear I've never been against owners spending money mm-hmm. uh, so you we're want not your, we're uh, not
0: against that here yeah I don't We're not against that
1: is. here this is not me saying nah you know and and I actually think the villains in many of these situations are and you and I talked about this earlier are the owners that sit on their giant Scrooge McDuck pile of money, to paraphrase Jackie Ecation and don't spend on their team. You know, mm-hmm. I think what the A's do as they turn a profit and spend nothing, especially Cleveland and Baltimore, who could have put pennant winners on the team if they had merely a mediocre payroll. But there's something, and again, it's, it's something that doesn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. This is not a economics thing. It's like this feels like you're you're bending the rules to the point where it's about to break, and I just kept thinking about uh, you know the owner of the Padres who just died and the yeah. and and Angelo's of you know he should have said you know what sign five or six more people to for all but why would he care if he knows that the end is coming. You know, yeah, why you know, this, wouldn't every
0: big market team do that, actually? Like, what yeah. what is stopping big market teams to just say, let me sign these players to these imaginary numbers, knowing I don't have to pay for it until the back end of their career, and hopefully I can maximize the window that I have right now, in
1: theory. And as a native New Englander and lifelong Red Sox fan, I'm mad that the Red Sox didn't think about this with Mookie Betts. Yeah,
0: they should have, yeah, right? I mean, he's, he's going to have this contract right now. What? And he's getting half his contract right now deferred by the Dodgers. So it's like there's no reason why the Red Sox going to have done that. But even if you're a Dodgers fan, like, uh, is that good for the L.A. Dodgers? Like, in the moment, it's good. In the short term, it's good. But over the long term, once Otani's in his late 30s and he's not living up to the contract that he's currently playing for, or once you're post-playing of the Mookies, the Freddies, and the Otanis, and you're like, man, our payroll – for guys who aren't playing is as high as the guys we want to play for the Dodgers. Like I don't know at one point, do those crossroads meet and you're like, this was not good business. And if you're the Dodgers, you don't end up winning a world series over the next few years. It could be two decades of turmoil, depending on how, much money the Dodgers decide to kick down the line. So I think from the Dodgers perspective, from small market team perspective, I think from almost every side we have to come back and look at this deferred money. And like we're saying, neither one of us are anti-spending money. I don't think either one of us are even anti-deferred money. I just think when you see $680 million of deferred money, it feels a little bit different as opposed to some of those other contractors in baseball.
1: There's uh, there are two aspects to the luxury tax that mm-hmm. has to work. If you pay over a certain threshold, you've got to throw some money into a pot that paid through the, the luxury tax. And conversely, the teams that accept luxury tax money should be audited to show that they're using that money on players. There's are on you know whether it's free agency or player development, they they have to show that it's being reinvested into the team. Not reinvested to the owners' pockets. Not reinvested to this side or the other thing. The purpose of that is to reinvest it into the forty-man roster, or at the very least, be able to use it for player development. But I think it should be used. I think you should. It. Sh- you, there should be an audit to show that you're using whatever money you get for that on player salaries, on you know moves and whatnot. Well, it's tough to have that pot. Mm-hmm. If the team that just signed someone for 70 million tomatoes is only gonna pay as if it was a two million dollars. Two million dollars was like what the superstars were making in the eighties. You know, that's what like Jim Rice mm-hmm. and and Mike Schmidt would get. I remember when Kirby Puckett and Ricky Henderson broke the three million dollar barrier in the, you know, in the early nineties, like, oh my god, three. But now Shohei Otani is like, oh man, if only I can make three million dollars a year. Like, look at it's good business for Otani because we yeah. all know he's gonna make piles of money in endorsements and everything like that. And we also know that you can live on a few million a year. Mm-hmm. And when he's an old man with his children on his grandchildren bouncing on his knee, and he's looking at all the MVPs he's won and the one ring uh he, he'll be able to say, and there's sixty-eight million dollars coming this year, boy. Yeah, and hopefully inflation uh, hopefully inflation for him won't be so horrible. But I, I there's there's something about this that feels this feels fishy because it, it flies in the face of the luxury tax and is the exact sort of thing that could help blow up the collective bargaining agreement that'll be up in just a couple of years.
0: Yeah, and it probably should. Um, Otani, I mean, even with inflation, I mean, even 10 years from now, if someone's going to be offered $68 million annually. Like, he's still probably going to be the highest paid player post retirement because I still don't know if we're going to see MLB salaries creep up to $70 million annually. I know we got some guys at 40 to 45, but 70 feels crazy. And uh, I just don't know if we'll ever get to that point. So that's even crazy to think Otani post playing could still be the highest paid player in the sport. But from a small market, friend, uh, perspective i just think that that's really where we're gonna have to buckle down and see from the cba perspective because i always felt like baseball was one of the better sports in terms of parody because yes big market teams are always going to have a uh, an advantage but You saw a team like the Minnesota Twins with Carlos Correa. I I always thought if small market teams were willing to offer any free agent the contract that they wanted, like you could go out there and acquire any superstar you want on the free agent market, you know, if you give them the the, the deal that they're looking for. But now you're going to have teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Yankees, teams like the Mets. It's like we can just double the offer that you're going to put out and not even have to pay it for another 20 years and then continue to add the rest of the superstars in that free agent pool. I just don't know how you can close the gap now if you're a small market team, if you're a team like the Kansas City Royals, the Oakland A's. like You do need to spend money. You do need to get more competitive from that standpoint, but there's no world where you can match up and say, I can give this player X a half billion dollars and not pay it at all during his playing career. I just don't know how you can close the gap between the small market teams and the big market teams in terms of the financial flexibility that those two canvases seem to have right now.
1: Meanwhile, it's the Diamondbacks who are the defending National League champions. And oh, uh, I'm making my pick right now. Diamondbacks, Tampa Bay, World Series. Put it down. Put it <laughs> down. Write it write in ink. All right. Hey, Miller Thomas, tell me worth a good listen to your terrific show.
0: Hey, follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And please hit subscribe to Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube and wherever you stream your podcasts.
1: And by the way, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts like Millard on Locked On, plus the national shows like me covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel.
0: That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. No says.